0: You're listening to Workplace Perspective, an employment law podcast raising the bar at workplaces everywhere. Workplace Perspective is a regular podcast series for employers and employees focusing on education, training, and the law to help organizations of all sizes develop and maintain successful workplace relationships. The opinions expressed by guests on Workplace Perspective are their own and should not be considered legal advice. And now, here's your host, Teresa McQueen.
1: Thank you, James, and welcome everyone to Workplace Perspective, where we are striving to raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. Today, we're talking with Jacqueline Carter, author, speaker, and a senior partner and director, North America, at Potential Project. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about leading with compassion. It's going to be a great show. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
0: Workplace Perspective has a new website. Visit us at www.workplaceperspective.com. Check out our new look, including our featured guests and archive sections. Share us with your friends and colleagues to help us continue to raise the bar at workplaces everywhere.
1: Welcome back to our listeners and welcome to Workplace Perspective, Jacqueline Carter. Thank you so much, Teresa. It's wonderful to be here. I'm so happy to have you. Um, before we get started, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you and what you do?
2: Thank you. Yes. So I, as you mentioned, am a senior partner with Potential Project. We're a global company that focuses on creating a more human world of work. We're in 28 countries, and we have the privilege of being able to work with a lot of the Fortune 500. Our passion is really to be able to help individuals, leaders, and teams understand and manage their mind so that we can be the best version of ourselves to realize more of our potential. I love that. <laughs> well, that's what we're going to talk about, Teresa. I so know.
1: <laughs> That was just a great elevator speech. That was awesome. Well, you are co-author of an article that caught my eye uh, titled, Connect with Empathy, but Lead with Compassion. And yes. what caught my eye was this idea because you discuss sort of the interplay between sympathy, empathy, and compassion. And I have to tell you, through my career as an attorney, I've always confused the terms sympathy and empathy in my mind but I know that what's taken as far as the definitions go but I know what's taken a front seat in my career has been empathy and in my mind that was always sort of I just would define it in my head as sort of a fine line between being able to to connect with someone but yet also have that little hard-heartedness you know, that's necessary to, you know, protect myself. I went through my legal career as I go through my legal career, but in reading your article, I felt much better about myself because I thought (laughs) (laughs) I was a terrible person because, you know, I, I told myself, you know, for years that for me as a lawyer, I've always had to distance myself a little bit. You know, I need to take on as much as I can to be able to represent that client and to fight for that client, but there's always been a boundary and now it makes more sense to me. I guess yeah. I, I was a horrible person, but it makes more sense to me. So let's talk about those differences between sympathy, empathy, and compassion and the, and the interplay. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm so glad that our article, that
2: makes me feel good, that our article makes you feel like a good person. We're all good people fundamentally. Um, So let's unpack that because I think the other thing that we recognize is, you know, many listeners out there, you know, you have different cultures, different terminologies. So language is very important in terms of making sure that we're talking about the same thing. And just to be able to give you some context, we've actually partnered with neuroscientists who are looking at not only what we call these things, but actually, how do they show up in the brain? And I think this is really where it gets kind of interesting. Because if we look at the landscape, we can start actually with this experience that we have of pity, which is, you know, not really, not really a very nice thing. It's like, we're not really very sympathetic. We're not really connecting with another person's experience. And we don't have a lot of desire to help. When we look at sympathy, it is that ability. You know, I can understand where you're coming from, and I have that uh, that feeling of feeling for you, so I'm, I'm, I am recognizing the emotions that you're going through. The key thing about when we move, though, from sympathy to empathy, the difference that happens from a neurological perspective is we're actually able to feel with somebody, feeling, because what happens is the emotional activity in our brain registers know i can feel your pain or i can feel your joy i mean this is when we watch a movie um, and we get really upset when james bond dies at the end you know it's like you know that's because we feel that you know we have that ability and they've enabled us to trigger that empathetic response i'm sorry i should have said that was a spoiler alert james bond doesn't die i'm sure there'll be another movie and Daniel Craig is absolutely fine, just to make sure that we don't upset anybody on the uh, on the podcast today. We'll put um, that in the show notes. Just thank you. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. <laughs> um, but it is, and I think one of the things, especially with the pandemic, and you articulated it very well in terms of from a legal perspective and your work as a lawyer. Looking at one of the things that we've seen over the last two years is there's been a cry for more empathy from Mm leaders. And although it is so important for us to be able to empathize with our colleagues, understand what they're going through, empathy has some serious downsides that we all need to be aware of. One, we can over-index on empathy and end up taking on so much suffering of another person that we end up suffering ourselves. That is not good The other thing is that neurologically, we know that we empathize more with people that look like us than people that don't. That's also a problem in terms of not only diversity and inclusion, but also necessarily whether you connect with one client more than you connect with another. Mm -hmm. The other thing about empathy is it can be fleeting. We can have a a rush of, oh, you know, I feel for somebody, but it doesn't necessarily lead to long-term or sustainable actions. And so that's why the definition of compassion is when we can connect with that empathy, we feel that person's pain or challenges, but we can move into the more rational aspects of our brain our executive function, and we can say, how can I help? What can I do to be of benefit? And it takes us, separates us from being in the grips of the emotion, allows us to be more objective, allows us to look at it from a bigger picture perspective, allows us honestly to be more rational on what we choose to do, or in some cases, choose not to do. I mean, a compassionate action can be choosing to do nothing at all. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important for us to understand that and also know, We can get carried away by our emotions and as lawyers or as human beings, that's not always the best thing that we can do as leaders.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. When you're saying this, it keeps triggering my little lawyer brain. There's a lot that goes on, I think, with regard to disability accommodation in the workplace. And that idea, because my mantra for years has been to tell people, don't be afraid to have those conversations when it's the law. But the other is so many people shy away from having a conversation with an employee about what might be going on when they start to see red flag behaviors. But I've always said, just keep it high level. What do you yeah. need and how can we provide it? Yeah. And when you attach the two, when you attach the, the compassionate part of that to it, I think it makes it easier to make decisions because people get, especially in a workplace context when it comes to disability, there's this this concept that they have, they take from case to case, like this person's a malingerer, or they're trying to take advantage in some way instead of stepping back each time and saying, is this person having an issue and what do I need to do? And I like that objectivity, reaching that objectivity on both sides so that you don't carry forward any Prior prejudice you may have, but you're seeing that person as an individual in the situation that they find themselves in, but keeping it high level, like keep the emotion out of it, yes. make a decision.
2: And I think the key thing is that we have a grand illusion. I have this illusion too, and I research this stuff that we are rational beings. The research conclusively shows that, sorry, everyone, we are emotional beings and we rationalize it afterwards. And no matter how much people tell you that they make decisions based on rational, objective, you know, analysis, we are emotional beings. So to say, oh, take the emotion out of it, we need to be very intentional about that. And I think that's the other aspect of compassionate leadership is being intentional, but I have the intention to be a benefit and also assuming But, you know, this person, you know, to assume that they have bad intentions, they may, but to also give them the benefit of the doubt, you know, as you said, take that from a fresh perspective, let go of the experiences that you've had in the past, the judgment, the biases, and try to show up with a beginner's mind, seeing that fresh perspective, and be able to then ask questions and be curious, uh, stepping into those kinds of conversations. You just said something I love, beginner's mind. I love that. It's, it's, it's a really interesting thing, again, looking at it from how the mind works. It is very difficult for us to have a beginner's mind. I mean, beginner's mind means that we can see things with fresh perspectives. And the way the brain works is that our brain is always looking, you know, it's a master at, at pattern recognition. I've seen this before, so I don't have to use a lot of neurological resources to try to come up with what's different about it. So our brain naturally wants to make things easier for us. But in doing that, it makes us pull things up and we think that, you know, we've seen this before when we really haven't. And so that's why one of the things that we often tell people is it's it's got to be something that you choose to have a beginner's mind because your brain won't naturally go there. And that way you can actually cultivate. And it's really about cultivating that curiosity, challenging your brain to be able to look at things from a fresh perspective.
1: I love that. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, more insights from Jacqueline about leading with compassion. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
2: Take a step toward bringing our country and community together. Start a meaningful conversation at lovehasnolabels.com slash step. A message from StoryCorps, Love Has No Labels in the Ad Council.
1: If you enjoyed today's show, do this. Share us, like us. Give us a review on your favorite podcast app. It means a lot to us, and it ensures more people tune in, and raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking with Jacqueline Carter about leading with compassion. Let's talk about how does someone go about making that switch that we talk, that we were talking about so that they can lead with compassion?
2: Yeah, the first thing is, like I said, is to start with the intention. Having the intention to be of benefit is, it sounds like a nice thing to do, but it really is something that we need to make sure that we set in our mind before we go into any difficult conversation, any difficult situation is having that intention to be a benefit from there. The next step is to really be able to make sure that you clear the mental clutter, you know, clear yourself of past experiences of preset, whatever conditions that you believe so that you can actually, like I said, see this situation, this moment right now, with that fresh perspective the next thing is to have courage and you know going into challenging situations difficult uh, conditions takes courage we need to have courage over comfort even although you know lawyers are well known for being confrontational it still takes effort for us to be able to do that especially with an open mind it's very easy to be confrontational if you've just decided you've made judgments and you're just going to present your final argument But if you've decided you actually have the intention to be a benefit and you're going to go in with curiosity, it actually takes courage for us to be able to willing to be open up and actually see things that we may not have seen before. From there, it's really about being, you know, direct, um, being able to be candid, um, keeping it, like you said, at the high level, but making sure that you're really clear with what you're going to say. Um, and then the final step is to be able to be vulnerable, is to be open that maybe you're not understanding everything, and open yourself up to the fact that there could be other perspectives than you're missing. And by going through that that cycle, um, and really, having starting with that that intention to be a benefit, um, being able to bring courage over comfort, being candid, um, and being able to be vulnerable, which is really about being transparent and open, it really opens up the space uh, for a compassionate conversation that enables people to feel more. There's trust. Um, it can create psychological safety, and it actually can enhance performance because people feel like they know you have their back. It's still a difficult conversation, but they can move forward from there.
1: So, a couple things struck me while you were talking. One, being a benefit. Tell me a little bit more about being a benefit. What do you mean? How can we accomplish that? Yeah, absolutely. So
2: one of the things that's really important in terms of being a benefit, obviously in a workplace scenario, being a benefit could be, you know, telling somebody, giving somebody some really tough feedback because you want to benefit them long-term in terms of their career. Being a benefit also, and that's why we need to take that bigger picture perspective, could be, you know, this person is fantastic. Um, they're a wonderful human being, but they're not a good fit for this organization. And that's not a benefit to them long-term, and it's certainly not a benefit to the team and the organization. So being, a benefit enables us to ask those questions, starting with the fundamental premise that you know we don't, as human beings, we don't want to hurt other people. So it's not about I don't you know getting out of this hat. The, the idea that it's not about I'm not trying to be mean or being cruel. I am trying to look at this from a bigger picture perspective and say what's in the best interest of this person, of the team, of the organization. So then I can start opening up my mind to different possibilities about how to step into the situation.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. One of the things I keep talking about most by myself talking about more recently is this idea that don't let the situation get to a point where you're so angry exactly. at the person, you know, where you're so like, you're just fed up to hear. Yeah, um, Start sooner coaching and thinking about, is this person a good fit? And why is this person not a good fit? And what can I do? Because I feel like organizations, when you've given your all to really help this person yeah and you can end that relationship from a point of what you were just talking about which i would love to where you can have a conversation with someone about look we have really tried our best and we've given you x y and z and i don't think this is going to work no matter what we and you know come to that point instead it traditionally Yes. The situations, Everybody just so angry yeah. and employees yeah. aren't stupid. I mean, they know when they're being set up. They know when they're being managed out and let's not get to that point if we can avoid it.
2: Exactly. And I think that's it is that, you know, being able like, and it it is truly, and I'll just think, you know, for all of us, you know, for those listeners to the call, you know, have you ever had somebody, you know, give you a really tough message, but at the same time, you could feel that they cared about you. And that's really what compassionate leadership is all about. Compassionate leadership is not about being nice, not about avoiding tight things, tough things. Compassionate leadership is I'm going to tell you something that you don't want to hear But behind that, you can feel that I care about you. I care about you. It doesn't mean you're going to stay in the organization or you're a good fit. But I fundamentally, I see you as a person that is a good person that fundamentally wants to do a good job and wants to have a good life. It's just that this role may not be the best fit for you, but I can still care about you. And I think exactly as you said, what that helps is that helps me knowing I have that intention. I'm not trying to hurt you, but knowing I still have a tough message to deliver helps me to be able to deliver it in a way that it doesn't trigger my brain going, oh, Jacqueline, you're being mean, you know, or you're not nice or you're a jerk, right? And these are all things that play out in our own mind. When we can let that go and show up, doesn't mean that person might still not respond in negative ways, but at least we know we've sat, we, you know, we've stand stood in our intention, and we're really clear about that. Absolutely,
1: I want everyone to hear this. I want everyone in the world to hear your message. That's such an awesome point because it's true. I do think that, and I've always talked about in the show that I really think that if you can, in those tough conversations, because I say that a lot, is to do etiquette training. And as an attorney, people are like, well, isn't that a bit of a dichotomy? You're, you know. Right. But no, because it's not about being the nicest person in the room. It's not about, it's about having tough conversations, but being able to do it with consideration, respect, and as much honesty as you can afford that person in the situation. And so yeah. your message echoes that and that really resonates with me. One other thing I want to ask you about, how can. From a leadership perspective, yeah, how can we make it about the other person? Yeah,
2: I think one thing is just remember that it is about the other person. Like let's say in the scenario where you have to let somebody go, you know, starting out with just remembering, I mean this is somebody that has to go home to their family um, and they have to deal with that situation afterwards. So it has to be about them. It has to be anchored on them. And the other thing is you can honestly, you know the, you can also look at, you know, you know there are very few times when somebody you know most people don't show up at work and intentionally want to do a bad job like that's just not normal and if they are that kind of person shouldn't have hired them in the first place so you should feel so bad about it but most people you know do want to to do a good job and so if you can recognize that they are one a good person that wants to have a good life that wants to that has to go home at the end of the day and talk to their family or their friends and deal with the fallout it helps you to be able to have that, that connection, and that's really what we talk about in the article, is, you know, that ability to connect with empathy, you know, putting yourself, not assuming that you know what it's like to be in their shoes, but saying, you know, I can, if I sat in their chair, I think I would know how I would feel. And that way again enables us to be able to have that spark of empathy so that we're not just cold. And I think that's the other thing that we look at is that one of the things that oftentimes in our programs when we talk to leaders about this is that it's not about going to the extreme of being so cold that you don't care at all because that also doesn't feel good at all. So not closing ourselves to our emotions, using our emotions as that spark to be able to put ourselves in the other person's shoes, but then being able to make sure that we go through and, and do deliver the message that we need to deliver.
1: That's wonderful. Well, as we sort of wrap up today's show, can you give us any cautionary tales or words of wisdom or some thoughts for the future? Absolutely. I think for me, the biggest cautionary tale is that right now,
2: all of us are probably way more caught up in empathetic hijack than we know, whether it's at work, whether it's with our family, whether it's with the world right now. And for all of us, it is really important for us to, one, recognize that and be okay with it. We all are elevated in terms of our stress, in terms of our our concern, our fears. Those are all things that make us challenge us. And so I think for us, the, the key message I would say is make sure that we're all putting our own oxygen mask on first. I'm really concerned about our state of leadership right now, because I think it's never been more challenging to be a leader. And I think that by being able to be vulnerable about that and connecting with each other and supporting each other, I think is the only way that we're going to get through this.
1: Absolutely. I agree. I agree. 100%. Well, thank you so much, Jacqueline, for joining us today and for sharing your thoughts and your expertise with our listeners. Thank you so much. It was great to be here. You can learn more about Jacqueline by visiting PotentialProject.com's website at www.potentialproject.com. You can also connect with Jacqueline via our website at WorkplacePerspective.com. I want to also thank our listeners, My Radio Angels, James and the Nave at Night, and Workplace Perspective's team extraordinaire, our engineer and producer, Paul Roberts, our associate producer, Melissa DeLacy, with music provided by the very talented Stephen Versaloni. Thank you all for joining us on Workplace Perspective, and until next time, keep raising the bar.